Praise God that gives us the victory. Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25. I'm going to be reading from verses 14 through 30 in the New Revised Standard Version. Matthew 25, 14 through 30. For it is as if a man, going on a journey, summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away at once. The one who had received five talents went off and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter. So I was afraid, and I hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave. You knew, did you, that I reap? where I did not sow, and gather where I did not scatter, then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was mine with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with ten talents, for, the one, for to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance, but from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this word. We thank you, O Lord, because we know that you're going to speak to us through it. We ask, O Lord, simply that you will give us what we need from this word, that this morning you will use my thoughts to be your own. And that, oh Lord, you will speak through me what you have for us. We thank you for the blessing of being here in your church on this Thanksgiving week. And for all that we have to be thankful for. Thank you for the victory that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's scripture is the parable of the talents. Has anybody not heard this parable before? Everybody's heard it, right? Everybody here? Anybody not heard the parable of the talents? 
Good. Everybody here is already ahead of the game because you've heard this parable before. What was a parable? Parable was simply a story that Jesus told in order to explain a deeper truth. He wanted to give them an illustration. He wanted to give them an example. He wanted to give them something that was easy for them to understand, that would reveal to them something very profound that they needed to understand, that they wouldn't understand otherwise. A clue to a parable coming in the scripture is when Jesus begins his statements by saying something like, it is as if, or it would be compared to, or it would be like this. Whenever you hear those words from Jesus, it is clear that he's about to teach us something that we need to learn. And so whenever you see those words in scripture, you need to stop and say, okay, Jesus is about to teach me something. He's about to tell me something that I need to understand. And you need to pay attention to that. This parable is found in the chapter of Matthew, where we also have the parable of the ten virgins waiting for the bridegroom. And the parable of the bridegrooms, uh, the, the ten virgins waiting for the bridegroom, is pretty simple and indirect. It's about being ready for the coming of the Lord, being prepared. And so I say that because whenever you get a chance, you need to go back and read the beginning of this chapter, chapter 25, and go ahead and see that other parable because it kind of informs this parable. Jesus is talking about being prepared, being ready, and doing the best you can with what you have in the in-between time as you're waiting. So here comes the parable. It is as if a man was going on a journey. In other words, the man is going on holiday. He's going on vacation. He's going away. We don't know why he's leaving. We just know he's going. And he's going to be gone for a time. And the scripture says that he gave of his property. He entrusted of his property with his slaves. He left his stuff. He gave five talents to one, two talents to another, and one talent to the last one. Now, when we hear that, we immediately go, well, why didn't I get five? Why didn't I get ten? Because we always want to compare ourselves to others. It's, it's human nature to immediately say, well, why did one get more than the other? Well, you don't have to guess. Jesus tells us that they were given different amounts because they received according to their ability. They were given according to their ability. In other words, when, when God gives us something, when God entrusts us with something, he gives us things according to our ability. He trusts us with things that he knows we can handle. You've heard the phrase, God never gives us more than we can handle. In a way, it's true. And here's why. God knows your ability. Now, your ability is always supplemented with his presence. I want to say that again. Your ability is always supplemented with his presence. So it's not just your ability, but his, his ability to be with you and for you and lead you in using that ability. When God entrusts us with things, he does so knowing how much we can do, how much we can handle. The master before he left basically left the slaves different amounts because he knew their ability to handle what he was leaving in their charge, their potential, 
what they would be able to do if they applied themselves. Now, if you have kids, you know that the potential application of a kid is not the same as the actual application of a kid. Right? How many of us have kids that we know have tons of potential? Now, how many of them apply all of that potential? That's kind of what we get with God. God knows our potential. He believes in us. He believes in our ability to do things. He believes that he can trust us with things. But it's up to us to fulfill that potential of what he has left. The one who received five talents, we're told, went off immediately and traded with them and made five more. This was the entrepreneurial, you know. I'm going to get five. I'm going to go out and put it to work right away, and I'm going to double it. He literally doubled what his master had left in his charge. From this first one, we learned that when you get something from God, there's no time to waste. There's no time to waste. If God gave it to you, put it to work. God has given it to you for a reason. He has trusted you with it because he believes that you have the ability to use it. Otherwise, he would have given it to somebody else. Put it to work. This one went out and immediately put it to work. And the scripture says he traded with it and, and turned it into ten. He added five more. In the same way, the one that had received two went out and turned that two into four. He put it to work right away. The last one that received one went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Why did he do that? Why? Fear. He was afraid. He was like, hey, this is not my money. If I go out there and use it and lose it, who's going to be held accountable for it? I am. He's like, I'm not risking this. He acted out of fear. He was afraid of what would happen if he took risks. He was afraid of what would happen if it didn't work out. He was afraid of trusting himself as God trusts us. You see, God trusts us more than we trust ourselves. He believes in us more than we believe in ourselves. And oftentimes we, we go, Lord, really? You think I can do that? I don't think I can do that. We don't trust ourselves enough when it comes to those things. This one did not. He took it. He hid it. He put it away. And he did not use it in any way that was beneficial. Well, the scripture tells us after a long time, of this master being away, he returns to settle accounts with his servants. We need to remember that all the money, all the talents belong to the master. Zero belonged to the slaves. He entrusted them to do what? To administer it. He put them under their care but they were still his. And so he returns to settle accounts with them. We have to remember that because sometimes we get a big head and we think that things belong to us. This is not my building or your building. This is God's house. This is not my ministry or your ministry. This is God's ministry. 
This is not my community. This is God's community to reach. And so we need to be reminded that it's not ours. It all belongs to him. They were entrusted with it. And now the master returns to see how they have administered what was put in their care to see what they did with it. Administering God's blessing requires us to recognize that it belongs to him in the first place. And then what we do with it becomes our gift back to God. It becomes a way we honor God. These servants had taken the master's money and they had done something with it or nothing with it, and then they had to give an account. So the master is gone for a long time, so it's not like they didn't have time to do something. We all know Jesus is coming back, but we don't know when. And we don't know how long we have, but whatever time we have, it's plenty to do something with it. And the master returns after a long time, and he returns, he gets an accounting from his slaves, and he, here comes the first one, and he hands over ten talents, and he said, you gave me five, here is ten. And what does the master say? Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Now, I don't know about you, but when I meet Jesus, I would love to hear that. I would love to hear that. Because if you're hearing that, it means you did things well. It means you followed what you were supposed to. God delights when we put what he has given us to work and we multiply it and we use it for his kingdom. When we make it a blessing to others around us, when we carry out what he has put forth for us to do. He is happy with that. He rejoices in that. The master didn't just rejoice with the slave. He said, you have done so well that not only will you be trusted with five talents, I'm going to put you in charge of bigger and greater things. Did you know that that's exactly how God works with us? He trusts you with a little, and he sees how you do with that. And if you are faithful, he increases what he trusts you with. He keeps adding to it, and he trusts you with more. And so the master said, I will put you in charge of bigger and greater things. But you have to be faithful in the little ones first. You have to be faithful in the humble beginnings that you have. And God continues to be with you and give you more to handle. What has the master put you in charge of? What are you in charge of right now, today? What are you in charge of? Well, we're in charge of our households. We're in charge of our finances and our work. We're in charge of our schedule and our time. We choose what we do, don't we? Kind of set what we're going to do and how we're going to do it and when we're going to do it. We are in charge of more things than we realize. Are we being good and trustworthy servants of God in our use of those things? Can God trust us because we're using them wisely for his kingdom? But the scripture says the second one also came in and he handed him four talents. He said, Master, you handed me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. Here you go. 
four talents. Again, he didn't say, I made two, you gave me two, so I get to pocket two. No. He said, it's all yours. It's all yours. I'm giving it back to you because it's all yours. It belongs to you. And the master said, well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. I want you to notice the master didn't look at him and go, hey, your buddy just came out here and gave me 10 and you only have four. What's wrong with you? He didn't say that. He didn't compare him to the first slave that had come through that had been entrusted with five. He only held him accountable for the two that he had been entrusted with. We, you are not responsible for anybody else's stuff. You're responsible for what God has entrusted to your care. God gives you a lot. He's going to hold you accountable for a lot. If he gives you little, he'll hold you accountable for that little. But he promises you that if you're faithful in that little, he's going to give you more to handle. And so this slave came and he got the same, the same commendation that the one that brought in 10, he brought four. The other guy got 10. And we're all going, well, that's not fair. The other one brought more. It's God's to give. It's God's to be gracious with. And he basically said, nah, you have done well. Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things Enter into the joy of your master. Isn't it great that God doesn't go comparing you to other people? Because I don't know about you, but I know some people that are really more, even more devoted and more dedicated. And they seem like they pray twice as much as I do. And I'm just so glad it's not a race compared to everybody else. I'm glad that he holds me accountable for what I've been given. The last slave came in. He said, I was afraid. So I took your, your talent, dug a hole, put it there, and I just dug it up and brought it back to you. And here it is. Here's what is yours. Scripture tells us that when that slave handed over his one talent, he said to him, I knew you were a harsh man. I, I, I knew you were tough. I knew that you reap where you do not sow. I know that you gather where you did not scatter. I was afraid. When you hear that afraid, I was fearful. And so I hid it. And here's what is yours. And his master replied, you wicked and lazy slave. That is tough, isn't it? I don't know about you, but I never want to hear you wicked and lazy slave. Why did he say this to him? He said, because you knew what kind of master I am. You knew that I expected results. When I handed you the talent, 
You knew that I was the kind of master that gives you something expecting you to put it to use. And even though you knew that, even though you knew there was an expectation, you chose not to use it. Even though you knew that I expected something to come out of what I had given you, you were fearful enough to not do anything. The master was very disappointed because the slave acted out of fear. He wasn't bold. And we have been called to be bold in the Lord. We have been called to be bold for his kingdom. We have been called to take risks and to do things sometimes that are scary. Finally, the master was also disappointed because the slave didn't even do the bare minimum. You could have at least deposited it with the bankers and I could have gotten that 0.002% that they give you. It would have been something. I would have gotten something in return. Notice that he was disappointed because there was zero return on his investment with this slave. He was saying, you did nothing. You didn't even do the bare minimum. You did nothing at all with what I gave you. When God gives us something, we can't just let it sit around. Because then we're going to be called wicked and useless slaves. We have to multiply it. We have to use it. We have to put it to work in our lives. The last slave was so afraid of his master's punishment that he didn't get to enjoy the joy that comes from serving him. God doesn't want us to just give him back what he has given us. He wants us to multiply it. He wants us to make it grow. You wicked and lazy slave. Oh, that we will never hear those words. We need to learn that sticking your talent in a hole is wicked and lazy. It's a cop-out. It's the easy way out. He calls us to use what we're given, however little or however much it is. We need to understand that there is an expectation in the Christian life of fruitfulness. There has to be fruits of the Spirit. There has to be fruit to our faith. There has to be actions in our life that reflect the God in which we believe. There has to be actions in our life that show the world that we are followers of Jesus. I've always said, if nobody knows you're a Christian, you're doing it wrong. If nobody can tell any difference in your life, you're doing it wrong. If nobody knows that you believe in Jesus, you're doing it wrong. There should always be evidence and fruitfulness in the life of the Christian. Well, the scripture tells us that this slave that didn't do anything with his talent had his talent taken away. And it was given to the one who had 10 talents. And then we get that phrase that 
To whoever has much, much more will be given, and to whoever has little, even what little they have will be taken away. And I think there's a warning there. There is an accounting that we have to do before God. We've been learning in Revelations, you got to stand before the throne of God. And you got to tell him what you did with everything he gave you, especially your life. He wants to know what you did with it. And if you didn't honor him, and if you did not obey him, and if you did not use what he gave you in fruitful ways for his kingdom, there will be, there will be consequences. And so this slave had his one talent taken away, and then he's thrown out into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. All because he let his fear control what he would do. On the way home from conference, I was just thinking about everything that had gone on. And on the radio kept coming up songs about God fighting our battles. God giving us victories. God being the one who is behind all things. And it just reminded me that we haven't chosen this. God has directed us in this path. Our direction into the future has been spirit-led. We've prayed about it. We've discerned. We've tried to seek God's will. And all we want is to be able to honor God with everything that we have been given. We want at the end of the days for God to look at us and go, good and faithful servant. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. I think God is putting us in charge of many things. I think God is saying to us as Skyland, you have been faithful in little. I will give you much more. And a time of growth and a blessing is coming. Not because we're better than anybody else, but simply because we have chosen to honor God in the little. We have chosen to honor God in what we've had. And we have decided that we want to be fruitful for the kingdom and do everything we can to let people know about the love of God. We feed children, hold blood drives, do tutoring, teach ESL, do Bible studies, and so many other things. Not so that people will know Skyland, but so that people will know Jesus. So that they will know that he is real and that he loves them and so that they will come to the understanding that God wants to be in relationship with them, a saving relationship with them. In the parable of the talents, we learn that to, much, to whom much is given, much is expected. And so, as I would like to celebrate that we have received affirmation uh, that we can disaffiliate and we're going to own this building and we're going to continue forward in our ministry. I also enter into that period of time with a sense of awe and great responsibility. Because if God has entrusted us with all of this, we will be held accountable for how we use it.
God will expect fruitfulness. God will expect these pews to be filled. God will expect people's lives to be changed and touched. God will expect people to come to this altar to be healed. God will expect deliverance at this altar because we are praying for people that need deliverance in the name of Jesus Christ. And God is going to expect you and I to play our part in his work. And that means that we have to be, as those slaves, willing to put it to work. Whatever it takes, however much is demanded of us, because we can't outgive God. You just can't. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And I believe that the God who has called us to this will supply every need. You know, I'm, I'll, be, I'll be honest, and I'm not worried about finances, even though I know a lot of people are. I know that God already knows the future of this church. And I know that he's already promised to supply its need. And I've always believed that if God calls you to a ministry or a mission, you will lack nothing if you're obedient in following his will. And I have seen it in my ministry time and time again where I let the Lord lead and I put things in his hands. Somehow, some way, things always work out. When I try to take care of it, not so well. When I try to do it by my own strength or by my own wisdom, not so well. But when I trust the Lord and put my whole faith in him, miracles happen. Things break. God shows up. So as we go into this new season, I just encourage us to really consider this parable of the talents and know that God has entrusted us with more and that we need to be responsible for being fruitful in this new season of our church. The altar is going to be open. If anybody needs to come and just commit themselves to that use of their talents, to multiply them and use them for his kingdom, let us bow our heads and let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for this day. I thank you for your victory, Lord, for your victory in this matter. We thank you, Lord, because you continue to lead our church. You continue to provide for our needs. You continue to show up every time we gather to worship you and to celebrate you in our faith. We ask, oh Lord, that you will continue to use us, Lord. We want to see these pews filled with people that are in a new relationship with Jesus Christ. We want to see lives transformed, Lord, for your kingdom. We want to see people healed and restored. And we want to see people set free from the bondage of illness and addiction and all kinds of things that plague them. Lord, we know that you are able. Help us to trust and believe that everything that you have put into our hands will be multiplied in your name and for your glory. We pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The altar is open if anybody wants to come up for prayer as we worship.